Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar Right, Jets. I think it's uh, I think it's time we poke around in the asshole for some questions. I feel like the way you're saying that is very loaded. <laughs> it's loaded. It's a, a, the a lot asshole, implied. The asshole is loaded. That's why you can't like stick your whole hand That's in there. That's why we had to answer some questions because it was so full. What it's I'm like loaded like a gun, like it's gonna go off, like <laughs> like things are gonna come yeah. out of. Yes, uh, Jonathan. Why don't you grab the first question? Let's see. Let here. us know who it's from. We have uh, a question here from uh, let's see, here. Alec Chopkins, who uh, is, I believe, in San Diego, California. Oh, I think this is a repeat. Uh, ask a repeat offender. <laughs> um, let's see here. What does Josh have against drummers? So, Josh, uh, what do you have against drummers? I, I don't have anything against drummers uh, other than them saying no to songs that I want to play at live shows. Would you say you hold your body against drummers sometimes? Is that something that happens? Do I hold my body against drummers yeah, sometimes? Yeah, I thought you might just have something. I thought it, that might be the thing you have against drummers is your body held against them. I I am lost right now without my body being next to a drummers, okay. to be honest. Well, I think, Alec, I think probably what it is is singers don't realize they're really just living in the drummer's universe. That's like, it's probably the real issue here. And so, uh, yeah. Are you, are you trying to say, I don't understand rhythm? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. I think is, Interesting. uh, that's okay. right. Yeah. And so, but so I think it's more of a comment on Josh Alec than it is on drummers. We are, we, we're all aware of that. Well, I think jo- Josh is just trying to find the right drummer for him. Aren't we all? I think. <laughs> yeah. Why, why don't, why don't we move on to, uh, uh the next question? I'm going to, dig around here in the asshole for a minute and uh let's see what do i got oh this is from stan in uh fresno stan says oh this is for jonathan specifically oh cool jonathan you often mention being from north carolina Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite north carolina musician oh that's a tough one well, I mean, the short answer, the the kind of a, whatever it, it would be my dad, but that's not really fair. I, don't, it's, I think I'm a little biased because he gave me life. Yes. That being said, my dad's name is Teddy Horton, by the way. It's hard because we have Doc Watson, Thelonious Monk, and John Coltrane. Hmm. Nice. And that's a, t- a pretty pretty tough. I mean, Doc Watson has definitely had the most direct effect on me. But, I mean, Coltrane would have to be in the consideration for most significant instrumentalist of the 20th century. Just my personal favorite? Yeah, I'd probably have to say Doc Watson. Okay. He's one of my okay. favorites, what? period. All right. I guess we can, we can all answer that question. Neil, you're from Maryland. Do you have a favorite Maryland musician? Could be a local person you want to give a shout-out to. 
Hmm. Well, fuck it, eh? Do you not know any? I mean, I know. I mean, I could say Citizen Cope, <laughs> but I don't want to. <laughs> so you're saying that the Maryland musician? I, I I don't mind Citizen Cope, but no, I, I, uh, I, I really, actually actually one of the first times we hung out was at a Citizen Cope show at the Wilson. Damn right it was. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll um, go with Citizen Cope. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's so from we, Baltimore. We, we're going to cross our fingers and, and hope that Citizen Cope is a Maryland musician. <laughs> Josh, are there any Mississippi mu- musicians of note? Are there any? Yeah, I, I can't, can't think I of mean, a single one. Next next, next question. Uh, I'm going to go with Faith Hill. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I won't. Even though wait, nothing against Faith Hill. Uh, I will go with... I'm going to go with Robert Johnson. I'll just go with Robert You're Johnson. You're not going with Elvis? I'm not going to go with Elvis. Would you say it's just a little Final too predictable there, Josh? Uh, <laughs> um, who, let's, let's, let's grab one more question from the asshole. Who's got a, who wants to dive in there? I've got one here. Knuckle, knuckle deep. And... I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like you're sexualizing this whole segment here, Josh. I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm just maybe saying you're just you a can sexy guy. You dip know. your fingers in knuckle deep to grab what a is it, fucking, question out of the asshole. It's the asshole, not the chip bowl. <laughs> the tip bowl that does not sound good at all <laughs> just the tip um, jar you can leave a tip in there i'll get it later <laughs> i don't feel to leave it um okay a question uh i have from uh, brian c from phoenix arizona asking do you like duran duran <laughs> what's the vote here on duran duran yeah or nay uh i'm an, yeah you know what yeah, for sure i like rio i like ordinary world um, That's enough. Don't for they me. have one more hit? I like Hungry yeah, Like a Wolf. Hungry, like, Hungry a wolf. like a Wolf. I like all three of those tunes. A lot, so so. That's three A's for Duran Duran. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. No, uh, all about them. They just have such a great sound, and they at least had. They weren't a one-hit wonder. They had a good, a good run there in the eighties. They had an excellent run in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. All, they all had, the songs and they are great. Had fabulous hair. Fabulous hair, and he and the singer made a great appearance on that uh, live well, eight. We're like, and are they the best form of that band? The just complete what? ridiculous hair synth, like, like new wave. Kind yeah, of? yeah. Are they the the pinnacle? They were like pop new wave. They were like the mm-hmm. out of the fucking British clubs and into the and into your MTVs. Yeah, they're like the wham side of wham. <laughs> they're the wham side of wham. They're even more wham than wham. I feel like somehow. I do not like green eggs and wham. <laughs> I do not like green eggs and jitterbug. <laughs> jitterbug. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of the. In fact, sometimes when I do solo gigs, I'll call it Roberto Duran Duran. Roberto Duran Duran. Yeah. That's your stage name. No, it has been. <laughs> I like it. I like no moss. No moss. <laughs> no, it's just it's just actually just moss. Just mas, 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 and and on that note, yep. you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and uh, this week uh, we are saying mas because this week we are discussing Black from Pearl Jam's 1991 album Ten, written by Eddie Vedder and Stone Gossard, and produced by Rick Parishar and Pearl Jam. Well, 
I don't think we've talked about any Pearl Jam yet. It's one of those songs. It's probably as impactful as of a song as I can think of. I remember there's a handful of songs I can remember where I first was when I heard them that were like came out you know in my lifetime. One of them is Welcome to the Jungle. Even Flow actually is one. You know the other Pearl Jam song smells like Teen yeah. Spirit. Probably Master of Puppets. But then this one, this one though, I was like the least set up to actually. Like, it, it, I didn't put it on. It was like we were lipping, literally flipping through the station when I was a kid. I was like, you know, 12 or 13, and I just heard it for a second. I was, my mom was driving. I was like, what was that? And went back and I heard just the tail end of the song, and I was just stunned, man. It's so emotional, but it's also so, like, musically aesthetic. Like, a lot of folks want to talk about hard shit, but they don't make it interesting enough for me to care, right? I mean, it's just like, yeah, we yeah. all have troubles. Like, can you make yours beautiful enough for me to pay attention that's really tough. But this song does that to the nth degree. Uh, it's the kind of song where I didn't even always know the lyrics because, you know, Eddie Vedder is a very emotional singer. You know, sometimes the words are secondary. Sure. But even without knowing the words, it's like you feel like you know what it means. And then you go and read the words, and the words are fantastic. And it's not a power ballad in the way people say power ballad, but it's a fucking actual power ballad. It's fucking oh, like, yeah. it's a fucking it's, very powerful absolutely. ballad. Absolutely. It's, it's epic. It, it's, it's the evolution of the power ballad from, Peak power from ballad? the 80s bullshit. So like, Peak power ballad? Yeah. I would definitely agree with Jonathan. I mean, when I first heard this, uh, it blew me away. And it was before I even started playing music. I remember me and my friends, um, you know, leaving football practice. We just got 10 and, you know, you listen to all the hits, and then everyone, like me and all my friends, were like, Black, though. Black, though, is the best. <laughs> um, that was the one. I think I was too young to know exactly what he was talking about. I really hadn't had too much heartbreak up until then. But but at the same time, you, you, do, you, you got the vibe. You knew exactly what he was saying. And it's very poetic with an edge. Towards the end, it really does pick up. I just love it out of the gates. I mean, even the beginning, just kind of that clean track guitar. It almost sounds like it's coming through like a answering machine or something I, I just love how the song kicks in and doesn't stop till the end jonathan you said it's a ballad and it is but unlike the 80s ballads it's like like it doesn't have like a crazy memorable hook the mm. the chorus isn't but then it, it got, but it doesn't have like you don't walk away though like every rose has a storm i mean like it doesn't have like that one line. I mean, the hook is probably the do 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 do. Yes, that is. If you're, saying it, has, outro if, if you're part. saying it has more than one good part, I'll agree with you. Uh, absolutely. So, and that, I think that's the reason. Like when this came out, I mean, I was probably I was, I was eight years old. My brother definitely was listening to this album, but I was kind of at that age. I'm I'm gravitating to Once and Alive and Even Flow. I just want to hear the things that are just like yeah, you know. I don't know what any of this stuff means. <laughs> and this song just didn't really stick out to me at the time. Until I bought Live on Two Legs, their live album, when I was probably 15, and this is there's a it's a, there's a great version of this on there, and then I kind of went back and listened to the song, and this is honestly when I first picked up the guitar, start playing. I mean, all the chords of the song are very easy to play, so it was one of the first songs that I learned how to play. It's got a lovely melody, great guitar work. The lyric is about as good a take on lost love and the emotions that go with it as you're gonna find in mm -hmm. any music and his yeah. vocal is so passionate and with that like epic outro nothing but good things to say about this one it's aged like a fine wine which one i don't know a cab <laughs> <laughs> and i think on top of all that it has a unique sound and it's almost 
it almost sounds like anybody could do that, but yet no one ever seemed to do that. Well, it's it's, it, it's very it's it's just a band. I mean, they come in like a five piece band. Everybody's killing it. And actually, actually, that's interesting you say that because they don't, right? They come in kind of stumble in, kind of like well, one or two people at a time, and that's well, very no, wise. It, it, it's guitar and him and that little kind of yeah, exactly. clear two channel, and then, and the, then bass the, bass, comes in. the bass, and, and then, then everybody's in. right. So yeah, I'm really talking about when the song it. really hits in. They're all. It's just five guys just going, and it's just a straight up rock song. But I think because of the lyrical content and because his vocal is just so emoting, like he's just emoting with everything he's doing, I mean, it, it ups the game a little bit. And like you said, there's multiple good parts and it just keeps getting better and the end is you know the pinnacle of the song i think i i think it is a little more than just a band though there's some uh, clav piano going on in there there's a lot of production to this song they definitely really knocked it out of the park like it sounds less like all the other stuff in the album i think that's why we all kind of gravitate towards it what would you think about maybe instead of produced arranged because mm-hmm. like there aren't it's because it's pretty much it, to Josh's point it is just kind of the band there may be some little pianos or something yeah but everyone's playing exactly the right notes mm-hmm. right it's so because this song is like easy because it's three chords but it's fucking also impossible yeah, like yeah. you can't you, it's just hard to make this song happen when you play it says I love how like the band does come in and that bass is just like boom yeah. boom it's really it's, nice and it, there's a lot of dynamics in it it gets yes. it's quiet it's very it's dynamic. loud. It's very dramatic and lots, dynamic. Yeah, and that, but that's why it works, right? And here's the thing, in this reoccurring theme, and so ultimately, why do I want to talk about it? It's the reason why I like Ogway songs. It just has a really strong narrative. There's a clear story. Even if you don't know exactly what his story is, you can emotionally sense that that's also your story. Because it's like the worst fucking shitty feeling ever, you know? And so even... Yeah. So it's, and that's the, what art does at its highest level. It it ties people together who don't know each other, who aren't in the same situation, but it brings us down to like the, just the, the humanity, I mean, for lack of a better term, of it all. Just the way they come into verses and the chorus even, his voice is emoting, but the band is emoting with him. I mean, like when they go into the, you know, ah, t- it just comes down, ah, take a right, they stay out of the way. Outside. But then when they come, go into that, I, I guess it's a pre-chorus, ah, there's yeah. like kind of a guitar, just kind of like Don't bore skip to the pre-chorus. And, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the the tone of the guitar it's like a darker guitar yeah and it's the bass and it, it just has a different feel but by the time you get to the end of the that that chorus it's like it's lightened up a little bit like when he gets to tattooed everything it's just kind of like resignation almost it's people not stay it, out the, of it people drop out yeah people yeah. drop out yeah he, he's gone through the ringer Even though it is mostly a melancholy song, the verses sound very nice and optimistic. He's just kind of describing the girl, and then it gets into the painful stuff. And even the way it's arranged, the the clav I was talking about, or whatever that little piano part is, it's really like nice and almost too happy in the verses, but it works. And then, but then it comes in with that, like it switches so much back and forth from like really nice sounding to like tearing your heart out. Well, yeah. Well, so that that piano kind of start. It, that's the first time you hear that little riff, and that's the producer Rick Parashar, who 
ding, ding, ding. We've heard his name before. He was a producer on the uh, Wood, the Alice in Chains tune. Um, he's playing the piano and the Hammond that you hear in there. Nice. But what that does, and to me when I hear the song, is that piano and that riff is basically like the sweet part of the song. Like the hopeful part is yeah. like, you're, you're going to get through this. All this crazy shit you're going through in your head right now, this is like the hopeful part. And it's, you know, kind of carries you out of that mindset and out of the song. Agreed. I don't know if it is hopeful as much as it feels, for lack of a better term, almost formal. Like it feels like, it, may, it almost feels like a classical component that makes it, it gives it like a majesty. Now, I don't know if that is my favorite part or not. In fact, it's not my favorite part. My favorite part is, um, once again, the pre-chorus, and then some of the lyrics, and of course the, you know, I'm spinning, whoa, I'm... and the way he does that, and he wobbles a little bit. It's, it's just, yeah. which is exactly what you're I... never supposed to do singing, right? You're supposed to stay, and he just lets it float, and it's just so well, expressive. His... Well, there's all. It's already a really beautiful melody, and some of the like vocal things he does, like the spinning, like the the eh, and his voice cracks at certain points, especially when he's kind of going off in the end there. I love that at the end where he right after. I mean, because my favorite part is uh, the I know you'll someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star. Kind of the crescendo part at the end, but then it, it goes up into that. Uh, and he uh, he brings that note yeah. up. It's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that that's so interesting, though, I think, is about the verses. There's so much space. It's almost like Pink Floyd or something, where everyone stands out of the way, and it mm-hmm. creates this atmosphere of the scene and and tension. It's creating tension. Now the tension starts to creep in, but at first, it sounds like someone who is stunned. Like they're literally just For like, sure. I don't know what's going on right now. They're well, just describing what they're seeing, but they're describing yeah. what they're seeing in a very basic. And then the emotions creep back in. Like I was watching once again, Hot and Catch Fire, the other day, and like uh, this chick was she, her company had been kind of sold out from under, and she it shows her the next morning waking up, and she's kind of smiling and kissing her guy, and then she's just laying there, and it, her, nothing changes on her face. But then this like dissonant hiss just starts. It's like oh, that's the sound of her remembering that she just got fucked out of her fucking lifelong company last yeah. night no no and that's how this song is you it's like searing it's yeah. searing well, intensity. He, he starts searing when he sees kids at play that's literally no but no, no he's still sun there he's still sun there he's still no, like, I, think, I don't know what's going on i think no, but around. then this, when he says that i right why do i see her and then it then it kicks in like oh well, he I does saw say why do play. i see her didn't he yeah but okay, i think so i think you're onto something jonathan i think the whole song i mean it, it almost sounds like this happened they broke up this afternoon and this was just like the first right. thing like he's like, getting out of his system on? like it it's so raw and just painful and kind of yeah. just like like you got smacked in the face like just out of nowhere like what the fuck yeah and the the, the fact that <laughs> like just going back to his his vocal decisions like you know sheets of empty canvas un- untouched sheets of, like his voice almost cracks there it's like a little vulnerable like because he starts off like she were you, like, you, so you saying that sheets in your sheets you. i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> and then the, he does the same with surrounded by in this in the second verse and jonathan my favorite part is the crescendo of 
no, someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star and somebody else. Like the way he sings Why can't that, it be mine? <laughs> why can't it be? Why can't it be mine? Uh, yeah, that, and that's I what mean, I'm saying. It, it feels so raw. Like if you lose a girl, you're like, you just think the world of her at that moment. And you're like, oh, God, you're going to have a great life without me. <laughs> why? You're just like, why, why am I not there? Why? I need... argue there's a little bit of a teenage thing going on because it's so overwhelming absolutely it's, so... it's about young love this isn't right. about like when you're 50 and, it's not and break up with somebody <laughs> this, isn't this isn't divorce. your third by divorce <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this isn't is fucking tonight the jukebox let me down or my kids this definitely ain't my kids call another man daddy let's call let's fucking be clear about that <laughs> which is that's the worst are that you sure about title that? alone makes me uh, want to drink so let's move from the vocal into the lyric a little bit. The portrait he paints of heartache is so clear in my mind when I hear this song. Like I, I feel like I knew the words already, other than I thought he said her legs spread out before me yeah, as her body sure, once for did. For sure, I thought she was under sheets of clay as well. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, they're, they're open to interpretation, like the way he says it. But it's much better the way it's written. I mean, sheets of yeah. empty canvas, untouched sheets of clay laid out before me like just they're sitting out mm-hmm. like everything's empty now all i can see on the empty page is like you said like just the pictures he's painting and pretty much every line are phenomenal the sheets of empty canvas you go the sun dropping away i mean tattooed everything yeah well you you don't have to pick one they're all every word it's, is very very good if i had to pick one though because i didn't realize this is what he said until i t- looked it up a while back is like and now my my bitter hands chafe beneath the clouds yeah uh, to Oof. get the fuck out that's just <laughs> shape in a, like shape and serious all these like fucking fungal adjectives right it sounds like he's and- describing jockage of the solar and then fucking <laughs> it's all itchy and shapey and searing fucking right like you need a medicated uh, yeah. pad for your heart well, um, and to know that that's so fucking nasty that like the next time he comes around he's like i can't repeat this and he still comes up with something that's that's amazing with the uh uh, and now my bitter hands cradle broken glass. Mm-hmm. I would like to see how I, I would like to see how this song was written because it's like I don't I don't feel like the lyrics were first because the, everything else the melody is so good but God the lyrics are so good it's like how did you not write those first like so basically the story of Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder is pretty famous I where Stone Gossard Stone right. Gossard had a five disc demo and Eddie wrote a live a five song once. demo once in this and 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 no 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 and then another song it wasn't and then. Right. It was those three songs. So then they called. They called him and said, "All right, come up to Seattle." So he's driving up from San Diego because he was a gas station attendant, and he wrote "Black" on the trip. So got one of the demo songs was called um, "Ballad to and the e. Music." Ballad. It, it, it was e. just called "Ballad and E." Yeah. Yeah, I actually listened and, okay. to it today, um, and it's it's basically just black. It's it's like he had it. That down. makes sense. You can tell this song was someone's baby, and then he passed it on to Eddie, and Eddie made it. You know, like it was a. It's a great collaboration. Of well, it makes sense because they had parameters work to work within. Yeah, the well, words are so concise; it'd be hard to write those without parameters, where you have. Yeah, to but it was already it. it was already such a setup for a good melody that I'm that's sure I'm that it's just it was yeah, it was, it was exactly. there was a lot to dig into. Like I'm sure Eddie was like, "Ooh, I can." But I, it was like I can a haiku. It's like I can do you got this. 17 syllables, right? It's like it's yeah. Your, yeah. Your, your work's literally cut out for you. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and he he said that something called American Music Club was a big influence on the lyrical content in this. I don't even know what that is. I don't either. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't look it up. So the lyrics are great, but it doesn't feel lyric driven. But if it, it feels music driven, and it yeah, yeah. It is, and like I ultimately. said, all every, like the ba 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 da da, all that was already in right. there. Like it was just exactly. it was ready to go. Well, and, you know, McCready, the lead guitar player, he even said, he goes, yeah, I mean, once the song came to me, I mean, it was I loved it because Stone was basically like, do whatever you want. And he said that his guitar in this, he was super obsessed with Stevie Ray Vaughan mm-hmm. at the time. And so a lot of stuff he's doing, and I didn't notice that at first, but after I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of the flourishes he's doing. I did not hear that, but it, maybe... The, the, the fills when he's going... Boom, do do, walk outside on the little well, the thing. He's the it's very Jimmy. It's very Jimmy. Jimmy that's really, that's what it really is. Yes, I think it's very Jimmy. But very Jimmy, i.e. Curtis Mayfield. But yeah, it's R and B. Well, he he it's definitely. Like if you listen to the live versions, but, like during the solo and the outro, he's playing that. He's got a very Jimmy sound. Because he's playing uh, a strat and he's playing all those inversions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in a he so, was in a Steve Ray Vaughan cover band, I think, when they met him. Uh-huh. He really? Could, yeah, he was like, he could just, they're like, he could always rip. Like, that guy, we just always knew that guy could fucking play. Well, we should mention that Jeff Ament is on bass and Dave Krusen is on drums. Well, what's crazy is, like, we you, you said in the beginning, you know, this is a ballad. And if you think about it, uh, Pearl Jam has like the best ballads of the 90s. I mean, this is, it's not just black. I mean, he had Better Man and Nothing Man and Yellow Lead Better. I mean, all of those songs are fantastic ballads. They're good. I don't think they're in this league, but they're good. Yeah, you know I, I mean? think it's nearly perfect. I would say, just to touch on back on the guitar a little bit, I I don't love the tone. I love the licks. I don't love the tone they get in a, um, on a lot of 10 in this. Well, one thing I've heard folks talk about like producers talk about is sometimes that like how the tone will be dictated by how it sits in the mix instead of how good it actually sounds i think it definitely sits in the mix beautifully yes but to your point if you just listen to it it may not be the best guitar tone i've ever heard yes but i I do think it's great i think the wah is used well in it and kind of and at the end where he's feeding back doing the that's awesome when he's just like yeah. You know, mirroring the strings. It's great. It's definitely now, epic. Now, that's the most memorable... Catch, that's the catchiest part of the song, is that riff, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what sticks in your head, for It's sure. the most hummable. That's what, that's not, what the, I song think about the song leads you with. When I think about the song, that's not, I don't think about that part. What do, you, what do you think about when you think about the song? Um, The way it drops in. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I, I do too. After listening it's, to it's it so, a lot... There's so much space. Yeah, like the... So scenic, it's it's visual almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the sheets of empty canvas, untouched sheets of clay, is just a fantastic. And but the, the, the arrangement, as we were saying earlier, that everyone's staying out of the way, is creating such a picture. Yeah, it's like narrative. Well, it's like a, narrative yeah, it's canvas. almost like things are just coming. Right, up, it's like you're you know, in this like world. out of out of the clouds. You're, you're they're chafing. I'm behind, chafing behind the I mean, clouds. I'm chafing actually. <laughs> this is a very very intense podcast. Yeah, I, I'm running it's in place as we of a speak. Podcast here, my nipples are chafing. I think we call it the Floyd of where it's like it's good, it gets better, and then it gets even better, like, and then it gets great. The way they get great at the end is almost Queen like. It's like st- it's total yeah. stadium fucking um, rock. 
So the song starts in, if memory serves, the song starts in E. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then um, it goes to a minor. And when it goes to that minor, it just feels like the storm clouds fucking move in. And mm-hmm. It is. That's when that heavy guitar comes in. But no, but I'm saying. But right when it goes to right, but right when it goes to the minor, like so he felt stunned, and then it's like he started thinking about it, and then he starts like bugging out, and it's this is the kind of song I like to say it. It doesn't even feel written, and it feels like it was just discovered. Like, yeah, like, there's some songs I can't, I can't. I have a hard time thinking that someone wrote like Amazing Grace. It's like I felt like yeah. the, the Pilgrims <laughs> landed, and like there's like oh what's this? There's something sticking on the dirt. Oh. It's, so the song called Amazing Grace, it's just like, it's just like, it's part of the, literally part of the landscape. And so this song, it feels like it's just one thing that was almost found and not composed. It, it's so perfect. Where everything is just, was working towards one goal and there, nobody fell out of step. Like it was like, just like the perfect play or whatever. And, and if you're, if you're using a sports metaphor. If you're using and, one. Yeah, I just did. I was sitting. I'm sitting there silently. I know, okay. but the general you. It's not just oh. you. Everything's is there not some, about there's you. There's someone Jonathan. besides me. Everything is not about you. I Jonathan. feel like it is. I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if a tree falls in the woods and I'm not there to hear it, does it make a sound? <laughs> does it make a sound? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, they refused to let the record company re- re- release this as a single because they said it was too emotional. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't like what. Uh, That's too emotional. They didn't want to record a video and promote it. They they liked it where it oh, was. Oh, now making a video. Album. Now video. That, okay, that makes sense. There you go. So the marketing behind yeah. it, just releasing it. It's like this song cannot be so like, released on its own. It has to have like he, a fucking mixer. So like went went as far as to call radio stations to make sure the record company didn't go behind their back mm-hmm. and release it as a single without their permission. And it still hit number three on the rock charts because people just start started playing it on the radio anyway. It's, yep. Hold on. So he was calling radio stations. Hey, I'm in this band Pearl Jam. I just want to make sure, like, no matter what, you do not play that fucking song as a single. We're in Pearl Jam. It's called Black. It's really good. It's our new song. <laughs> don't play it. <laughs> it. It's amazing. It's you just don't play it. It's, it's too, too good. It's too good. Don't do don't it. Don't play it. <laughs> now speaking of the video, they didn't make a video, but they did play this on MTV Unplugged. They sure did. And he fucking like vocally. Oh yeah. It may be even better on that. It's not better, but the, the, he's doing some really cool stuff. He's, he's showing off a little, and, and it works. It's great. It, he really pulls it off. Yeah. yeah, there's one part in the middle where, like, I was doing something else, and, like, as soon as that came out, I was like, <laughs> what? That's amazing. And, and he just eyes closed what? the whole time, and, and it's just very drum-heavy, It's very drum heavy, in, but it's, it's just so powerful, and that's really all they need is, like... And it also goes to show just how they sound so good playing it unplugged. It's not always easy. Not always easy. It's not like effects dependent. McCready, I believe, was smart. He played a resonator, which has like a little punchier. He's like, ah, I will be heard. Yes. I'm gonna have the loudest well, fucking. I'm gonna have a little sustain <laughs> acoustic here. <laughs> um, well, speaking of resonators and sustaining, yeah. oh, good. I believe that brings us to the vibe time portion of this podcast. I want to so, be clear that I, I do this. I'm like. A magical creature kept in a tower that is forced to sing every day or every week, and so I just I'm doing this against my will. But it's just a beautiful sound what, I like to make. What magical creature would you be? Magical. I don't know the sing the vibrating unicorn. The oh, a vibrating unicorn. Well, the, okay, the, the so horn cue, would be the vibrating part. Cue the vibrating unicorn I don't, I don't feel, in three. I, I feel so sleazy, and it's not easy. <laughs> what? Oh my god! 
Send help. All right, all right. I assume unicorns make the same. That's like Mr. Ed. Yeah, yeah. The unicorns, I assume, make the same noises with their mouths. What mouth the fuck are you doing, so Wilbur? Adding, as you vibrated with the with the horn, I gave you a little little horse mouth there. <laughs> horse to mouth. To it. Horse mouth. Yeah. That sounds like a condition more than a gift. Corn mouth. I guess in this case horse it'd be mouth. a corn mouth. Josh Barnes. Barnes. Right. Horse mouth. Josh Barnes. Like, horse mouth. Josh Barnes. Who did you horse mouth? <laughs> Neil, Wendy, horse mouth? Black. Um, well, I think this is one of those songs that anytime it's on, I'm good with it, and I think most people are. I don't know anyone. If you put this on, they'd be like, mm, "Nah." No. <laughs> it's like you can fucking. If leave I ever now. seek it out, it might be on a time of reflection. You know, kind of when you want something that's gonna hit you. Absolutely, yeah. Jonathan, when, when do you want to hear "Black" by Pearl Jam? I mean, I'm always cool with hearing it, right? It, it definitely feels like a mini event, though. Like it feels like, oh fuck, yeah, can we leave that shit? Um, <laughs> but I think it'd be used very wonderfully in a fucking pharmaceuticals antidepressant commercial because it just feels like I need some fucking help here, man. I don't think this is healthy. Come. I don't think this it's is just, good. You know, like Zoloft. Do, 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 do. It's like just take the pain away. Maybe in a Calgon commercial. Lexapro. Invermectin. Imagine. That's the perineum problem. That's the one with the perineum, I think. <laughs> I agree with both y'all. I mean, it, it is an event. And I'm down to hear this anytime, but I, I definitely want to listen to the song alone. I don't, I don't sit, think that's I want to enjoy it. You, you don't think don't, it's don't think in the healthy. car, dude, or like when I'm driving and it comes on and I'm just like singing at the top of my lungs. All one right, of those question. songs. Question. Uh huh. Modern rock ballad. Which one's more effective, "Black" or "Creep" by Radiohead? Black is a. I think Black is a better. Song. I think just on sheer muscular awesomeness, Black is more power but like in terms of just a song a song if you're gonna play it by yourself on acoustic creep will bury black yeah yeah it's but they're, they're on the record diff, they're in a bit but, of a different league i mean creep is definitely easier to pull well, off no, on but, an acoustic guitar black i think it's as, as i think they're in the same league i think it's like a i think that's like a mercedes lexus kind well, not, of not not league class, but like, just yeah di- like one's a truck one's a car i mean they're, they're not that different but just the way creep has that loud but it's not Chow-chow. the same dip elk. Right. I mean, right. it's it's it comes in heavy as fuck. And this But it's also lighter most of the time. I would say creep is more memorable and black is more meaningful. I think this song's more like fake plastic trees than creep. Mm. I think creep's a little more compelling than so why don't we creep under the influence? Creep under the okay. and talk about what uh That made me think of TLC. Song Sorry. Was influenced by Influence Moving Forward recommendations. If you like it, Jonathan. It, it literally just feels like it was influenced by life, right? It, it, it's almost, it doesn't even feel. It's so good that you almost forget that you're listening to music because it's just pure experience. And I think the best movies, the best paintings, the best jokes, the best music, the best art in general, it's like a shot, like an injection that you don't even feel the shot. All you get yeah. is the fucking content. And so it it really just feels like it was, a, a, you know, affected by. Or influenced rather just by the, all this shit we have to deal with in relationships and fear and loss. Musically, that loose kind of groove thing they have, I'm not sure exactly where they got that from because the, 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 the reoccurring band I hear reference from a lot of those guys is Kiss. And this year as fuck doesn't sound like Kiss. 
you know, but like yeah. that loose vibe. I don't. I really don't know where they. Like Allison Chains had a unique vibe. Nirvana. They they all found their unique space up there in Seattle. Man, I guess it was in the coffee yeah. in the coffee or something. Um, <laughs> it, it's got those good beans. <laughs> good beans. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Neil, what you got? Um. Well, I think it was influenced by kind of Jimmy and like I said before, just kind of like what you're just saying, the loose guitar playing. And, and those kind of uh, hammer-ons and double stops that they're doing a little bit in here. It's like Little Wingy kind of. So. Yeah, Little Wing and Lenny, um, mm-hmm. Stevie Ray. There's not much other than that that I can think of that you know came before this. I think it's pretty original, but I think it did inspire beyond many kind of... It's inspired many songs, but even in the 90s, songs like Under the Bridge and some Blind Melon stuff, just kind of like everything that starts with like that nice guitar has a really nice melody... And like I said, fake plastic trees, like just kind of some some of those songs that it kind of started this nice ballad of sadness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ballad of sadness. I, ballad of sadness. Oh my god! This song is definitely influenced by love and heartache, and I I almost associate it when I hear it with a song like it's like an a, an extension of something like Yesterday by the Beatles or like So Far Away, just thematically by Carole King. Uh, I Will Always Love You by Dolly. I mean, like, just thematically, it's like one of those songs. that Like, it hits. It's a, it's an instant classic. Like you said, it's just kind of like, whoa, yeah, this sums up exactly how that feels. And I would say that this this led to something, like, more recently. Like, if you let, like, War on Drugs, um, some of their albums have, like, some ballad ballady stuff that's very similar to this. Did this lead to Creed? Maybe. So, well, Vetter gets Vetter gets a lot of shit for leading to that well, kind of creed, who, I mean, puddles of fair. mud stuff. Puddle of mud. Well, but but the only the only reason that people say that is because that like people just tried to sing like him, basically, right. and because he, yeah. nobody really sounded like him before. Like I guess Chris Cornell and him have somewhat similar. No, but, no, has a but even like that live band, they kind of had that. That growl. That band still freaks me out. <laughs> They're so weird. Just not sure how I feel about them. Well, speaking of live, why don't we uh, slip under the covers and, and, and go live for a minute and talk about the cover versions of the song. Jonathan, how many did you listen to? How many cover versions I listened to? Yes. Um, let me think there was... None. There was, I didn't listen. <laughs> Neil. Um, yeah, there's none to speak of. I mean, I, I looked for something on YouTube. I tried, I tried. Um, and there's people that do it. They sound good because it's a good song, but nothing worth yeah. mentioning. I, yeah, it's really... I couldn't find any either, but like I said, MTV Unplugged's a great version. Live on Two Legs is a great version. They have like a hundred mm-hmm. live versions of the song that you can listen to. Um, yeah, highly... One that I listened to that was pretty good was uh, uh, Live at Wrigley. Yeah, if um, you like the song, highly recommend uh, Unplugged. And then there was like a Brendan O'Brien 2004 mix, <laughs> which I it, it, I don't I don't that? know. I can't really tell the difference. It sounded like things may have been a little cleaner. <laughs> I, I guess he's a producer. He basically really re-released 10, like his product, pr- production of well, it. Oh, shit. I'm going to do that with fucking all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I'm going to re-release fucking oh. Sergeant Pepper's, the Jonathan Norton yeah. version. <laughs> John I just Norton want my remix. name associated just above the Beatles. Jonathan Norton <laughs> presents a Beatles production of... <laughs> I'm going to be the Tyler Perry of rock and roll. 
<laughs> Jonathan Horton remasters the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Well, Jonathan had us a shoe fit for black. Um, it fits like a very soft, comfortable, no pointy edges slipper in a mental institution. Like it just feels like I'm walking around drooling on myself with my ass hanging That's out. That's your go-to. That untied. is your go-to. That's not my go-to. It's a thing. It's like I don't <laughs> default to fucking mental ward slippers. That's not my go-to. <laughs> that, it, but that being said, this just has like you know, it feels like you're drooling on yourself, just like wondering why. Feels like you just took a bump of that of that cocaine, but it was laced with fentanyl. No, that felt amazing. That last that motherfucker's last tweet was, "I feel like my whole body has shampoo on it." Like they say, "No, dude, that's not cocaine. That's you're dying. You need to call somebody." But no, that so no, that feels like you're not overdosing. It feels like just life. It feels like life without heroin. Apparently, I don't know what heroin feels like, but the guy's like, I'm, "I feel like I have shampoo." All but over you're my like, body. "I don't know what heroin feels like, but I know what life without heroin feels, fe- heroin than that, feels like." Right. <laughs> Neil, how does this shoe fit? Um, it fits well. I would go with kind of the imagery at the beginning. Um, seems like an an artist who's who's lost his love. So I'll go with a pair of boots that's covered in kind of clay and paint. An artist boot. <laughs> boots or the empty canvas. <laughs> Steel-toed artist boot. <laughs> Ar- artist boot. Here to kick some art ass. Artemis boot. Boot is Artemis boot. Boot is art and boot is art and artist boot. <laughs> Uh, I can't describe. As uh, who was that? Tennyson, who, who who did that? I don't. Sure, why not? Of course, I think it was Byron. Actually, <laughs> it was a lord. My friend Byron it was one of the lords. The <laughs> I'm gonna say this fits like a nice black dress shoe that no longer fits, but I look back on it fondly and wish it well in its next life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that again. Can you? I hope someday it has a beautiful Uh, life. Can you repeat that? When it gets picked up at the Goodwill for eight dollars. When it, when like this, one day it's going to be on the foot of a homeless person, and they're going to, it's going, they're going to use it. And why can't it be yours, Josh? But but they decided somebody else's sky. That would only work if these shoes decided they could no longer be with you. Well, like if the shoes yeah. left you, but you did, you really loved them, and these shoes I really can't be. With well, you I know that the I shoes did leave me because they didn't. The shoes didn't grow with me. We grew apart. No, that's not the same though. My feet that's grew not, too large. No, this is like they fit you perfectly, and the shoes are like I just don't think this is working. And yeah, and and, and they're like they I, want, I need up. to go. I feel like this homeless dude's feet is really the feet for me. And you're like I, you're the best shoes I've ever worn. They're like I think I need to be with a homeless person. That's, I'm like you're really then, gonna be living under be, someone else's sky. Then it would be appropriate. I think I think it would be a better comparison. The shoes are like I just can't deal with your feet anymore. I've I've been. That's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> really. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we are going to play a cover of Pearl Jam's "Black." Recording.
body wants to
The cover you just heard was performed by Jonathan Horton and his Bachelor Party band. The Bachelor Party Yets. The Bachelor Party Yets, which included uh, Neil, Joe, Aaron, and Rich. Thank you for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGaveRock. Next week, we will be getting into the holiday season by discussing Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. Can't wait! <laughs>